And what I always like to say at the start of these is, you know, unlike some of the boring lectures you might have experienced at university, we want to make this really interactive. We want to make this so it's actionable. We want you to go from A to B, right? So we want you to come here thinking my uh, LinkedIn profiles, all right, it's okay. I've set one up at least. Well done. That's the first step. But, you know, how can I use this to get hired? You know, that's the transformation we want. And in order to get that guy, we need you to be really engaged, really focused on on what we're, we're telling you, what you're seeing. And that's how you're going to make the most out of it. And then at the end, we're going to have a chance for some questions. So rather than putting those in the comments, if you look to the top, there's a little speech bubble there with a question mark. And that's where your questions need to go. And um, you can vote for the questions that you want to be answered. So you can just press that little up button and that will count as a vote. Um, and yeah, we can see which questions to answer first and, and go from there. So do put those questions in throughout and then we'll answer them uh, at the end. Okay, and so next questions I want to I want to know on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your your usage of LinkedIn? So, is your profile looking amazing? Are you using it all the time? Uh, Scythian's put a one. Nicholas's gone zero. Very honest. You guys are very hard on yourself. Um, you know, ten being really you're leveraging it loads. Zero, one being not much. Yeah, so got some fours and threes in there. All right, let's try and get one but stalking people. So, okay, that's that's good, no, Natasha. You're getting a feel for some other people's profiles. Um, let's try and get, you know, if you're at a four, let's try and get you up to a six or a seven. You know, if you're at a seven already, let's get you to a nine or maybe we're all going to be tens after this. Who knows? But um, I'm going to now share my screen and it is going to show you these slides can or actually can i do it with um sharing a window that might be better share window no it's not gonna yeah it's gonna let me do this how is this looking now is that showing can you see that lola yeah i can see that cool everyone in the audience can see it as well awesome awesome so i might take my should i take myself off or would you like to see me maybe i'll maybe i'll have myself on here why not why not um <clears throat> so you guys will probably know by now that I like a I like a good meme. So this is the transformation that I'm I'm talking about. And clearly I don't need to pitch LinkedIn to you too much. You know, you you appreciate it, you know that you should be using it. But um if you didn't know, there's over eight hundred million, hard to believe, but over eight hundred million people on LinkedIn, and that's a range of of professionals. But um on LinkedIn, if you imagine you're going to have employers on there from, you know, your dream company. You know, if you want to work at Tesla, there's going to be people from Tesla there. If you want to work at, you know, um, Apple, there's going to be people from Apple there. Um, and they might be in talent teams. So talent is a kind of a fancy way for saying, you know, like internal recruitment and employer. Um, there could be people in HR who could all help you get jobs or they could just be people that you could potentially be working with in the future right on through to other young professionals, other students, other graduates um, as well. So whatever you want to use LinkedIn for, whether that's to find a job, to network, to, to you know, start a business, then, you know, it'd be crazy not to utilize it. So we're going to talk about how you can really leverage it to particularly uh, get hired. So we're going to start with the profile. So we'll be going through each section of the profile and I'm going to be asking you to, to practice in the background. And because uh, usually you do a session, you listen to a few things and then, you know, you just forget to, to, to implement them. So we're going to give you a few opportunities to write down 
different parts of your profile, which you can go and add into LinkedIn a little bit later on. I'm going to be showing you uh, something that maybe I, I shouldn't, but it's uh, what recruiters see on LinkedIn. So hopefully they don't, they don't tell me off. Uh, but yeah, that's a little bit of a secret to um, what we're seeing as employers and as a recruiters when we're searching on LinkedIn. I'm going to be talking to you about the job search tools as well. So there's a few obvious ones in there. You know, there's a, a job button as you go on LinkedIn. But there are a few other ways as well that we can sort of filter there to find jobs and also just use the normal LinkedIn feed as well. And then we're going to go into networking and what you can actually say to someone to get on a, the phone call or start building a relationship because people always talk about networking, but no one ever really explains what that means or how to do it. So I'm going to try and break that for you for you now. Um, and then we're going to go into content as well. So LinkedIn is a platform where, you know, like Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you've got a feed and you can share content in your feed. Um, and we're going to be talking about the benefits of, of that. So firstly, what are the benefits of LinkedIn? Chatted about it a little bit already, but it's a, a network of professionals. So that's rare, right? For most social media platforms are just that. They're social only, whereas LinkedIn is like a unique hybrid. It is a social media platform, but it's for um, generally it's, it's a bit more professional. And so over time, it's got a little bit more social. And so it's kind of a bit of a hybrid between the two. So I like to think of it as a, a professional social media platform. So you can't um, sort of forget about one of the, those, either one of those two. Um, you don't want to be overly, you want to use it and, and be yourself, but also think about who else is going to be, be on there. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about the content and things you can share. But just bear in mind that it's, you know, it's humans on the other side of this who are, looking at your profile so there's going to be some personal elements to it as well it's not just overly uh, like stuffy and corporate basically you can use it to find jobs lots of uh, organizations will advertise our jobs on linkedin um and then you you have the opportunity to obviously find and apply to them um it's a cv it's a virtual cv and we're kind of seeing a bit of a, a generational wave here away from the traditional standard cv that you know um, I'm, a, I'm an old guy i guess by now like my back in my day you know you had cv and cover letter for everything now companies are asking you know send us a link to your linkedin profile or um answer these questions and so the world is changing a little bit there so we've got to keep up and use linkedin as our virtual cv there's always a chance to get headhunted so you'll see a lot of recruiters and employers will DM people directly um, via LinkedIn and they use the search to find the, the right people. And then they'll they'll sort of DM them from there. And um, your chances of getting hired are, are really much higher when someone comes to seek you out, right, for, for a job opportunity. And then also, you know, the chance to get your content seen by, by anyone, you know. Um, I don't know how good your, your content's going to be, but who knows? You know, we've got Mark Zuckerberg will be on LinkedIn, Mark Cuban, um, Mark Spencer's, all the Marks will be on LinkedIn. And, you know, you, you've got the, the chance to essentially reach them all. And so it's a hugely important, uh, valuable tool. But you know all that because you're all on LinkedIn already. So let's chat about the profile and how to structure, how to structure that. And as I say, guys, do add in your questions throughout and um, we'll get to those at the end. Make sure to put them in the, the question tab where you see the, the little question mark 
and then we'll we'll go through them and, and make sure you get your, your questions answered. And I have stolen some screenshots here from some people's profiles. So I don't know if uh, Judith or Chris Sean are in or anyone else in this presentation, but you might see yourself on here. Who knows? You might be lucky. Um, so we'll start with the headline. That's um, at the start of your, your LinkedIn profile. And I'm going to switch between the slides a little bit and my actual profile so you can kind of see it in real time. But essentially, it's that bit at the top underneath your, your name. Um, and that is one of the first things that anyone on LinkedIn will see when they go to your profile. But it's also visible when um, you post anything on LinkedIn as well. So on your LinkedIn feed, whatever you post, it will have your headline um, just uh, next to your face, uh, next to your picture, it'll have your strap line there. So hugely, hugely important for a number of reasons. Uh, one, because of that, because it is part of your first impression. It's one of the first things people will see. And I'm sure you guys know how important first impressions are when it comes to, you know, a CV or an interview or whatever. It's the first thing someone's going to see. And they're going to make a judgment about you, whether you like or not, from that straight away. They're going to think uh, whether they should accept your connection request, whether they should invite you to, you know, interview or apply for a job or whatever. So as a general rule, you want to keep it short, sweet, um, to the point and really easy to, to digest quickly. Um, and these are some of the examples of the types of things that you can put in there. So if we start for, from the top, so if you look at Judith's here, she's put the type of role that she's looking for. So she's looking for part-time opportunities right now. And then she's also mentioned she's interested in data and insight, and she's done a marketing degree as well. So what you're looking for, if so if you're in there, and, and actually comment um, while, I'm, while I'm going through this, who is looking for a job right now? Who's who's in that sort of mindset? Whack that in the comments. Who's proactively looking for a role? So Salma is, Elisa, Monica, lots of people looking for roles right now. That's good to know. Someone's looking to pivot. Brilliant. And by the way, guys, we've got the link at the top um, pinned there where we've got a job board as well. And we're going to be sending you opportunities now that we know you're looking. But you can in here include the fact that you're looking for a specific role and you're going to want to be really specific. So let them know you're looking for, you know, a, a social media marketing role or um, a data role or whatever it is, an accounting position. You know, let them know it's an accounting placement year that you want to want to do starting September 2023, for example. And that's going to be and I'll give you one of the quick secrets already. That's partly because of keyword searches. So recruiters and employers will use LinkedIn to find people. And your headline is one of the first thing that's going to show up in those searches. So you want to have included there looking for marketing graduate role or seeking so looking and seeking are two two good words to use there seeking an accounting uh, graduate scheme or open to whatever you can you can use that there another example you know you can just uh, if you're not proactively looking if you've maybe got an internship or maybe you're not sure what type of uh, job opportunity you want and you just want to sort of uh, you know, just uh, have, have something to your, to your headline. You can add in, you know, a course that you've completed or you can see Chris Sean here, he's, he's put that he's a computer science and, and AI graduate from uh, Loughborough. Um, and that just shows you a bit about, about him. And uh, yeah, 
someone could see that and, and sort of understand immediately whether he's a good person to, to connect with um, off the back of that. And they can just see immediately what he's interested in. And then thirdly, for, for myself, I've put, you know, helping diverse young talent get hired. That is more of a, just a strap line of a, a big project that I'm working on. So um, if you maybe this is after you've got hired, if you're working on something cool at work, um, if you're really passionate about something like I am, then you can include that here. And that's just going to catch people's attention. And you'll find people in that sphere as well who will connect with you on that on that basis. And then just below that, you can add in what you talk about um, on your LinkedIn. So I've put hiring, careers, LinkedIn. Those are hashtags and hashtags are searchable as well. So that's another way um, that people can, can find you. So that's the way to use your headline. And what we want to do now, as I, as I mentioned, we're going to make this uh, interactive. I'm going to give you now just a little bit of time. And this could be your first rough draft of what your headline might be. And so let's take, you know, just a minute or, or so to have a, have a little go at, at writing that. So are you looking for a role? Are you not? Are you working on something cool? Make it short, make it sharp, make it to the point and make it something that if I see that, I'm going to want to connect with you. I'm going to want to find out more. I'm going to want to scroll on your profile or read more. So why don't you just take one minute just to write yours out in a Word doc, in a Google doc, wherever you do it. Um, because that way, guys, rather than trying to think about this later on, you're going to improve as we go through the session. So um, Lola's a big fan of music. So I don't know if Lola wants to play any music um, right now, but go ahead and try that. Go and try your, your headline. And uh, yeah, feel free to share it in the comment as well. Monica's done it straight away, which I love. But yeah, feel free to, to add that to the comments as well. All right, let me see if it'll play. Let me know if you can hear this. It's just uh, chill music for this one minute. Oh, I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Maybe try it just through your phone. I don't know what you've, you've got. Try it through my phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use your phone. But everyone's powering through anyway. They, they're they good to go. But we'll, we'll add it in maybe for the next one. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, technology consultant. Yeah, that's brilliant. Section technology consultant, business analytics student. Yeah, love that know straight away what you're interested in. And by the way, I think I saw someone was interested in transitioning to a, a, a different um, uh, role. Um, if that's you, you can you can put that as well. So if you're even if your profile's not relevant, you can say, you know, looking to start a career in tech, even if your uh, profile is all finance, for example. Um, so you can you can definitely um, use use the profile that for that reason. Okay, cool. Let's crack on. So next up, profile pick, banner. Um, oh, and just before I move on, actually, I want to quickly show you this. Um, if you, or I won't show you actually, but if you go over to um, the LinkedIn and go on your profile, there's a little thing that says open to, and you can click on that and you can say you're open to work. And that'll put that little green thing around your, your face so that recruiters and employers know you're open to work. But anyway, profile picture, banner. What we want to think here is again, first Kate, first uh, impressions, so if you don't have a picture, I would highly recommend putting a picture on there. It makes you look far less, you know, uh, cryptic. You know, you're not you're not trying to be anonymous. You're just whoever you are and, and put your put your picture on there. And I would recommend having a picture where you're looking at the camera, you're smiling. We've got an amazing example here from Nia, perfect example. It doesn't have to be overly, it doesn't have to be a professional headshot. It doesn't have to be a perfect, you know, 
white or black background you know it can just be um you in in any sort of setting as long as it's you know ideally just you and, and you looking at the camera and, and smiling and i've seen a few people have hoodies up there and and having the hood up or um you know ha having you know a bit of an angry look on their faces and that kind of thing um we see, see that sometimes and that, that's you want to look accessible and, and so try to avoid that so literally just take a selfie or um you know uh, get a friend to take a picture of you against the wall simple as that take you five minutes and then you're done and um uh, if you want as well guys to do your banner go over to a website called canva so uh, uh lola if you could just find the link for canva the url and post it in the chat that would be uh, amazing um, and you can just type in the search bar LinkedIn banner and it will give you a perfectly sized banner and there'll be loads of templates in there so that you don't have to be a designer to make something cool in there. You can literally just download one that's already on there um, and just add that to your profile. So Lola's going to put that in the, the comments, but it's literally just Canva, um, C-A-N-V-A, and you can make a really good looking uh, banner. Next up, the about section. So this is the bit just below your uh, your name and your um, your your profile and your your headline. You get into that main body there of the about section, and here you're going to use this as a way to tell you know your new LinkedIn uh, connections or your current LinkedIn connections a bit more about you. Um, and so again, we can use this to put what we're looking for. So here, you know, example, looking for a data analyst role within tech, and we can put up in there. Um, and you're going to hear me bang on about this a lot. That's going to be because of keywords. So again, when we search for people, the first thing that's going to come up is keywords in the headline. Then there's also going to be keywords that will will uh, uh, show up in the about section. And this will mean you're going to show up to employers and recruiters when maybe you wouldn't otherwise, because they might be looking for a data analyst in tech and they can reach out to you. Um, so try to include that similar to what's in your headline, but we've got a bit more space to add in a bit more detail here. I wouldn't go too crazy, but um, you know, just about a paragraph or so like these examples is, is really good. And don't be afraid to get personal. So. You know, as I said, LinkedIn now has this sort of social element to it. We want to know a bit more about you. You know, are you obsessed with travel or, you know, this is a great example here, actually. Um, this uh, person here, she loves, you know, TV shows, streaming, OTT. Uh, she's a sneakerhead as well. That, that's just a fun fact about her. And I absolutely love that because it helps to break the ice. You know, like if I reach out to her, I can kind of just make a little joke about how maybe I'm a sneakerhead as well. Or, you know, we can sort of bond over that. Or maybe it gets to the interview phase and we can kind of, um, yeah, we can chat about things like this because you always notice when you have an interview, there's that weird bit at the beginning where you've got to break the ice. And just by sharing a bit more about yourself, sharing some personal things, it's just going to help that networking a little bit, a little bit more because it's just going to make, um, you know, an interview or a message you get from someone else on LinkedIn a little bit easier for them to sort of just break the ice. Um, and it just shows the world a bit more about yourself. Um, another thing I would recommend doing is including one or perhaps two achievements that you've maybe accomplished so far. So it's cut off a little bit here, but you can see um, this person's uh, listed projects and achievements that they've they've done in their, in their life so far. And this could be, you know, something you did at college or at school, or it could be, 
let's say I want to do a, um, a career in marketing, there's a, a free course that Google does called the, the Google um, Garage. And that's just a course that you could do and anyone can go and do that. You could do that and it's free and you can include that into your in your profile. Or you can you can mention, you know, you've been to five sessions run by by diverse to learn more about a range of topics or to boost your employability. So everyone knows you're, you're on it and you're looking for, for, for boosting your employability. Or you might put something about your degree or something you've done in the world of work. That's a, something an achievement that you're you're proud of. Um, and one thing you can also potentially do here is write about what you're looking to achieve or want to achieve in the future as well. So it can be forward looking, you know, you might be on a mission to do something. Um, and again, that will be helpful for someone who might want to also help you on that, that mission. Maybe you're a budding entrepreneur and you want to start a travel business in the future. Like, you know, add that in there as well. You know, who knows someone might, might see that and uh, it really resonate with them. So again, going to give you uh, just a, a minute now to, have a go at writing a bit of your, your about page and we'll let you finish it off later on. But just take a little bit of time now to write out your about page. And what I want you to do is include something that's one thing that's personal and then one thing that's a bit more of um, uh, something professional or it could be achievement as well. But um, just go ahead and do that for, for a minute or so now and we'll see how you get on. Um, and yeah, we can do it in silence unless... Unless Lola's about to serenade us with uh, music. If this doesn't work, Lola, you've got to sing. I hope you realise that. I'm just going to play uh, FKJ. I, I hope it works. I'm going to put my camera up. Can you hear that? Yeah, but put it louder. There we go. It's like, it's like when you're on the phone. Oh, Lola's disappeared. But uh, yeah, everyone go ahead and, and start with your the all about section, you know, let us know, you know, a bit about you, show some personality. Uh, is there any word limit? Word limit, I wouldn't give an exact word limit. I would say, you know, one paragraph, maybe two. If you look at these examples here, this top one, that's about, um, that's a that's about uh, that's about all you, you'd need really. Um, and maybe at, at most you can add a few more, few more lines to that. Um, Cool. I think Lolo's telling me I need to hurry up. But uh, go ahead, guys, and carry on writing just for a second in the about section. If we need to go slightly over, um, then we might go slightly over. So uh, you guys just got to deal with that. But uh, yeah, here's Lola. So a paragraph, a paragraph or so is what you're going to be shooting for. But just practice a few lines um, that you could maybe use in that about section. <laughs> Why are Someone's... you singing, Lola? No, I know. Someone said they can't hear singing is better. And I was like, oh, I think that'd be worse. <laughs> I literally can't sing. Is that the one thing you can't do? Because uh, I've been impressed. That. That's the one thing you can't do. Fine. Okay, well, just give you 10 more seconds. Just maybe finish off one line. Something sharp, something punchy. You know what you bring to the table, what achievement you've had so far, and uh, if you're listening to this in 2025, you know make sure you're still still following these lessons and uh, practicing in the background. 
Awesome. And one other one other thing I would say as well about your about section is um oh I'm hearing a bit of feedback for myself. Um Lady, you might need to go and mute just for a second, just because of the feedback. It might be because of that. Um but the one thing I would also mention about the about, about section is make it specific to you as well. So try to avoid any think that is quite generic um, that anyone could maybe put in there. This is also advice I'd say for a CV or a cover letter. Think about if anyone in the world could say it, then, you know, is it is it worth saying? So try and make it super specific to, to you. Work experience. So next up, this is your virtual CV. And this is a screenshot from uh, my my days at, at Big D Sport and then Alpha Sites before that. So obvious reasons, this is going to be really, really important. You know, this is what people are going to see in terms of your experience and what you've done so far. I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of people on this session who've not done a whole lot of work experience so far, but I'm going to share a few points on that. Um, but the first lesson here, you're going to have your, obviously your, your company. It should automatically load with the logo. And then you've got the, the full title, which is going to be in bold at the top. And then you've got the dates and the location. And then you can have a few bullet points in there, um, which explain what you did. So the first thing, really important, you've got to keep this up to date. So LinkedIn will do it automatically for you if you're still in that role now. So let's say you currently work at uh, Tesco. You can have, um, you know, Tesco, I started in August 2021 and automatically say uh, you work there until the present, right? So you don't need to keep that up to date if you're in the same job. But if you ever move a, move to a different job or you get some more experience, then you have to keep this up to date here so that anyone can drop in and have a look and see what you've what you've done. So make sure you keep it up to date. I would have at least one bullet point for each job role. Um, and each line, just like in your CV, it's a very similar to a CV, each line should include what you were responsible for, what you achieved, um, and things like that. So you wanna have action words that you can see I've started with coordinate or managed or supported. Um, it could be advised, you know, you can use words like helped if you were obviously, um, if it was just an internship or something like that. Um, but what were you responsible for? What did you bring to the table? What did you what did you do ultimately? Um, is what you want to include in those in those bullet points. So at least one bullet point per role, and try and keep them short and sharp and to the point. And again, you you get lots of tips here on how to do the CV because it's it's very similar. You want to include numbers in your CV because numbers never lie, and numbers really help um, visualize impact and results. So an employer can see what impact maybe you had already in your previous uh, experience rather than saying, I'll give you an idea, guys. The worst thing that you could do, uh, the opposite, the spectrum is sort of things that are really generic. So if you just put on, you know, I just worked here or I just helped with this stuff, you know, that's super generic. Whereas if you have specific, you know, numbers of, oh, I, I um, liaise with this many customers, a week in the in at Tesco, or you know, I produce this many financial reports a month. Any sort of numbers you can remember, or or try and keep track of those as you go through, they're great to include here. Um, and then if you don't have much work experience, that's absolutely fine. One mistake I see a lot of students making is they just go to me, Toby, haven't got any work experience, so I've not put anything in here. Well, you know, 
we're, we're then going to be missing out on opportunity, right? Because this is just about us. This is just about our experience. So if you've got literally no work experience then or no formal work experience, then you can still include things like volunteering that you may have done in the past. And there's no excuse for not volunteering because, you know, people will take your, will take your time for sure. Any projects you've done at university, you can include those in here if you don't have any work experience. <clears throat> any projects you're doing or a side hustle, um, or it could be literally part-time work, retail roles, things like that. You can put, you know, if you had a break from work to go traveling, um, just make sure you've got, got that populated with some important information. Then the next section just below that, you've got education, you've got volunteering, and you've got skills. So the number one thing I would say in uh, education, and this sounds easy, but you've got to make sure that you've got the date correct. So I did a placement year from 20, uh, sorry, I, I studied Loughborough from 2013 and I did a placement year. So it's 2013 to 2017, right? That's super helpful because someone searching or someone looking around, they can know <clears throat> straight away. Sorry, give me one second to grab some water. <clears throat> Clear my throat, I'm talking too much. So they can see straight away what year you're in and when you graduate. So they can know that, okay, you're graduating next year. So you're probably interested in a graduate scheme or you've said you're doing a placement and you're graduating in 2024. So that means you wanna do your placement from 2022 to 2023. Those basic things are really helpful. I see loads of people just put the end year of when they graduate or they just put that there a second year and then the trouble is you become a third year and you forgot to update it. So it's irrelevant for the whole time that um, people were looking at your, your profile basically. And then below that, we've got our volunteering. So um, if you've done any caring responsibilities, you know, that really counts. I know that a lot of people have caring responsibilities and they, they do important work to help people, but that's not, you know, um, something that they always put on their CV, but things like that guys, really, really important. And um, I wouldn't I wouldn't list all of the possible uh, options there, but just think about ways you've spent your time to help someone else. And there's potential you could whack that in there as your volunteering uh, uh, experience that you've done because employers are always gonna be looking for people that have, um, that are multifaceted and that have done a range of things, you know, it's not just about your academics. Maybe you've done a lot of music or you've done sport or you've, you know, volunteered a bit. You know, you've not got a load of experience, but okay, you've volunteered quite a lot. Um, and maybe I'm interested in working in sport. So I go and volunteer at, um, you know, a football club or um, a sports agency or, you know, maybe it's literally just my Sunday league team and I just go and help out. That shows like passion and interest. Um, which is what employers are going to be looking for at an early career and entry level, uh, what they should be looking for at that, those sorts of stages. So volunteering, really important. No excuses if you've not volunteered, and you can do now because uh, you can get outside and, and volunteer. If you've got a bit of time, please do and uh, go and help people out, but also improve your CV and your LinkedIn. And then lastly here, we've got the skills section. So um, LinkedIn gives you the option to add in some skills that you, you feel you have. So it could be customer service, it could be Microsoft Excel, it could be teamwork. And uh, you can even take a, a quiz to give you some ideas about what your skills might be. Um, uh, yeah, Lola's telling me I'm a bit behind, so we're probably gonna run over a little bit, but um, we'll crack on. But put your skills in there and then also ask people to endorse them. So ask your careers advisor, 
someone you've worked with or even just a friend because by having more endorsements you're going to show up higher in the, the LinkedIn search so I'm going to go over to now reveal what employers and recruiters see because uh and please do everyone keep this uh keep this on the call keep this quiet because um yeah this is going to be our secret okay so this is the uh recruiter um so it's a, literally a package called recruiter on uh linkedin and let's say in this example we're looking for someone who is graduating in 2023 who um uh, who would be right for our marketing graduate scheme that's going to have some social media involved and let's say our scheme is in london right so i've listed out typical filters used so we've got location skills graduation year industry keywords uh, network relationships so you can see there with most of those we've mentioned them already that's why you need to have your keywords and your your graduate years correct um so that you actually come up in these in these searches um so that's going to be really really important so we've got location then we've got skills so those are your skills that you would have added in at the bottom uh, companies that would be if you've worked somewhere else and let's say um you are I don't know, let's say you're Nike and you're looking for someone who maybe worked at Reebok, you can use that there. Uh, school, that's going to be your, your actual school or your university, and then your graduation year. And then you can also put industries as well. And a question I get asked about a lot is, what if I don't work in that industry yet? If you are interested in a marketing career, for example, you should add in here in your industry, on your profile, that you're, um, you should add in marketing and advertising just to reflect the industry you want to, to go into think about yourself as, as someone who who wants to work in, in marketing and is part of the marketing industry essentially um because that could come up in in the search here as well so the first thing you probably notice here is once we fire this in once we make the search social media is one of the key words that i've i've searched for and that's going to come up in bold in the uh, initial page and you can scroll and scroll and there'll be loads of candidates here all based in london all with marketing all with social media in their profile and you can see the guys that are going to come up at the top are the ones who have social media in their headline so the ones that come up right at the beginning um, have that in their headline and, uh, and the remainder are going to have them in their about page as well. And the ones that are coming up highest are going to be the ones where uh, social media is, is put together. And so we can see straight away that's someone who's got that, that keyword uh, together there. And you can see some other ones that have come up here in the education section um, with marketing in bold. Some of them will come up with uh, in the ex experience section as marketing in bold. Um, and that immediately shows whoever's searching Oh, okay. That person has experience in social media. They are interested in a career in marketing. I can save them to my pipeline, save them to look for later and reach out to them. And once an employer finds someone that they like, who thinks who they think might be right for the role, they can do a few things. They're going to go onto their profile by just clicking onto their name. And recruiters and employers can send you one of two things. They can send you a connection request which will come up on your notifications and you can accept or decline. <clears throat> and you can send a connection request to anyone who is, uh, is uh, a little bit away from you in terms of uh, first degree and secondary connections, which I'll explain in a minute. Um, and once you're connected, they'll be able to message you directly. That's the most normal way that um, people network with new people on LinkedIn. The second way is through an in-mail 
So an in-mail is essentially anyone can send it. So you can, uh, an employer could send you an in-mail, even if you're not connected. And it's a little bit like an, a cold email, if you like, and that will come up in the chat and it will just say email at the top, basically. Um, and so you could, you, you're essentially going to need to be looking out or have your notifications on so that you know when an in-mail or a connection request has come in, because that could be someone of interest who's looking to network with you. And here against the names, you'll see third, second, first. That basically means how far away are they on, uh, from you on LinkedIn from a connection standpoint. So if that says first connections, that means you're connected and you can message them. If it says second, that means you're connected to someone who's connected to them. So me and Lola connected and maybe you're connected to Lola, but not me, but you can still send me a, a connection request. And third is obviously just another person on from that. And then there are, if you're like four away, then it, it wouldn't show you their profile and you're, I think, unable to, to actually um, connect with them. So um, yeah, that's what the recruiters see. And you can see again, hence the importance of having things correct. You know, your spelling has got to be right. You've got to have the keywords um, and all of your sections up to date. Okay. So as I said, everyone do post your questions in the questions tab where there's that little question mark and we can keep uh, keep going through. Um, what we are gonna go into next is how to get hired. So a lot of you are interested in, you know, using this to get hired. I know a lot of you sitting there thinking, all right, Toby, my LinkedIn profile is gonna be looking a lot better, but how can I actually go above and beyond? So a lot of students are doing one thing. How can I make sure I stand out? How can I get hired? What are the, the best people doing to get hired? And, and that's what we're about to talk about here. Um, and this is going to take a bit of effort. I'm not going to lie to you. None of this is is uh, happening overnight. You know, it requires a bit of effort, a bit of engagement on your part. So I hope you're all up for that. Here is the basic job search section. So if you look at LinkedIn, you'll see a little briefcase at the top. Um, it'll say jobs on it. You can click that and that will show you all the jobs that are posted on LinkedIn by employers and recruiters as well. And just for reference, guys, when I say employers, I mean a company like um, uh, a company like Apple or Google or Facebook or so on, where the recruitment recruiter will be somewhere, someone like uh, Hayes, for example, who hire for the employers. So sometimes we put them into the same uh, category. So this is a job section that everyone knows about on LinkedIn, I'm presuming. Um, and uh, most of the jobs will be, be on here. And it automatically, once you make a search, it will put them in the order that it thinks is, is right for you and relevant for you. But uh, one thing I want to talk to you about is how you can search to try and get more relevant jobs for you, um, the right ones for you. Because I know it can be frustrating sometimes when you search for, let's say here, it's a HR graduate role. You type in HR and you get loads of, you know, senior roles or loads of things that, you know, aren't that relevant to HR or, or whatever. And you're like, this isn't right for me. And so there are a few things you can do to sort of filter them down and get more relevant results. What we've got here is keyword search tips on the right. It's on my right. So I guess it's on your right as well, probably. Um, here, this is called the bullion search. So <clears throat> I'm going to explain the, the three examples that I've got here. If you put HR and then and in capital letters and then graduate after that, that's going to show you all of the jobs that have got the words HR and graduate in the profile. And it will only show you jobs with those two words included. 
right? So HR and in big letters and then graduates, graduate. You're going to get all those HR graduate roles that have those two words included. <clears throat> Just to show you another example, if you're if you're searching for something else, maybe you're looking for HR and marketing or something like that, then you can put HR and then or in capital letters and then a word after it. And this one here will show you um, all profiles with either the word um, HR or also the words with just graduate. So if you're looking, let's say you're open to a HR role and then also a marketing role, then you can put HR or in, in capital letters and then marketing after that and it will show you both. And then the last one here, if you put in HR and then graduate and you put them in between those little speech marks, it's only gonna show you profiles where HR and graduate are back to back, two words just together. So those ones are likely to be the ones that are maybe going to be most relevant for you if you're looking for a HR graduate role because it's literally going to say HR graduate back to back. So that's the basic search, but try to use the, the bullion technique that I've got here. And I'll, and I'll make sure to send out the slides afterwards as well. But use the bullion search to make sure you're getting relevant roles because I know how tiring it can be when you're searching, you're searching and you're not getting what you, what you want. <clears throat> so I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about some of the other filters here um, to get even more relevant results. So the first thing is speed matters. Speed is really important. Um, and I don't want you to, to, conf to confuse you into thinking that means you just need to go away and just apply as quickly as possible and that's it. But it is definitely a factor. The candidates that I see that are more successful are the ones that tend to apply relatively soon after the role has been advertised. And that is because whenever, it, so I, I recently hired Lola, who, um, so I'm clear next week because I've hired someone brilliant. Whenever you are hiring for a role, the first person or the first few people that apply become the, the benchmark. And so anyone who applies after, say Lola applies first, everyone who applies after Lola, I'm now gonna compare to Lola right? Are you better than Lola for the job or not as good for Lola for the job? So if you can be in the first batch of applications, you become the benchmark to the standard to which they're going to try to assess candidates, right? And then some employers, they just like to, you know, move on quickly. So if I'm hiring for a community manager role, like in this example, I need that community manager to come in and, and help run the community and we need to do that soon. So the earlier you apply in some instances, the earlier you can move on to the interview stage, which means the earlier you can get to um, the job offer. And if you think about it, if I've interviewed Lola and I think she could do a great job at the, uh, the role, I may just think, you know what, I'm not gonna look at any more applications or I'm gonna close it early or you know anything could happen. So speed and why that's relevant here is in the date posted section, you can, if you want to have the best uh, chance, I would be putting in, you know, what's been posted the last 24 hours, what's been posted the last week. You know, if it's a month, I might still look at it, but just have that in mind. Maybe they've, they've received lots of applications by then. Whereas if I'm looking at last 24 hours, I'm going to be getting in that, that first batch, basically, um, which is going to really help me out. Second thing here, so um, if you see a job you like on LinkedIn, <clears throat> I would recommend having a look at the employer's website or on our website as well, wearediverse.io. Um, on both of those, you can apply directly with the employers. And um, sometimes I like to do that because I see a lot of people apply using the easy apply button. And 
sometimes employers don't love that because they get flooded with because it's so easy to apply for an easy to apply they get flooded with applications and it gets a little bit harder to uh to um to filter through them basically so um I would try and see, oh, can I just apply normally on their website rather than going for that easy apply option? And then a last one here, which is, I think, a new one. You can actually go to that third one there in the image uh, at the bottom right and click under 10 applications. So you can click on there. And that's going to only show you <clears throat> roles that have people who have 10 people or less who've applied to that job on LinkedIn. And that would indicate, you know, those roles are less competitive. And so maybe you've got a, a higher chance. So I'm going to whiz through these, these few slides a, a bit, bit quicker. Um, job posts, also, you can get on your LinkedIn feed. So if someone wants to get their role to stand out, like Jonathan here from Umbro, he wants to make sure everyone knows about uh, his, his, uh, his role. He doesn't want to just put it on LinkedIn where you're competing with all the other uh, companies on there. So John, Jonathan's decided to go ahead and just add it to his own uh, LinkedIn feed. And so what I would recommend here, guys, is look at companies that you're interested in working at and follow people who work in areas that you want to work at or follow people who have titles like talent attraction or talent specialist or head of talent, because they might share their role on here before they even put it on to, to LinkedIn or maybe they don't even put it on LinkedIn at all. And so by ignoring this, you're going to miss out on loads of uh, jobs. So this is something that I've, and I know lots of candidates aren't doing. They're missing out on loads of jobs that aren't necessarily in that LinkedIn section. Um, and they'll come up here on the feed. And guess what? You can go and message Jonathan or apply and say, oh, Jonathan, I saw your, I saw your post. And that's going to resonate really well. So you can literally just hit that follow button that you can see there on the right. And that will, um, when you follow someone, just like any other social media platform, that means you're going to see their posts. When you connect with someone, that means you're going to definitely see their posts and you can message them okay and so how to find these so you can actually search in the linkedin bar using hashtags so you can use hashtag marketing and hashtag hiring which is the example the bullying example that i showed you before and that's going to show you posts that have the words uh, sorry they have the hashtag marketing and hiring which are very common hashtags um, to use for this kind of thing and so once you see these this uh, post, it's going to show you, OK, someone's hiring for a marketing role. You can see the link and you can apply um, and you can go from there and you can filter it by top match, which is essentially like most relevant. And then you can do it again by date posted. So you can do it um, 24 hours or in the within the last week, which is what I would suggest. And that's going to give you a much better chance of getting hired because you can apply early. Number one. And number two, you can maybe send them a connection request and start networking with them. And I'm going to show you how to do that in, uh, in the next couple of slides, how to actually send a message. But um, here, guys, there are some examples of like really common hashtags. So hashtag hiring, hashtag hiring now, hashtag job posting, hashtag job postings with the S. Um, and then you can have your relevant keywords. So whether it's HR or accounting or marketing, whatever you're interested in, you can whack it in there as well. Um, and so that's going to be, yeah, super, super helpful. I would definitely recommend using that. And you can actually just search those. If you search any hashtag in LinkedIn in that search, it will show you how many people follow it. So you can see how um, 
how likely you are to get lots of posts with that hashtag, essentially. And uh, we'll get to questions in uh, in just a couple of minutes. And and so if anything's coming up, you can uh, you can share it there. So again, make sure you go over to the where the question mark is and add your your questions in there. And uh, yeah, if you are looking for a job, we're going to be sending them to you in our newsletter and in our job board, which I pinned to the top of the chat, which you can check out. And so here we can see um, how we would message someone and connect and that kind of thing. So let's say I want to work at uh, HSBC. I can um, grab the this Google search bar. I can put the word talent and then and graduate. So you see again why the that bullion search with the capital letters is so important because that's now going to give us people who have talent and graduate in their profile. Um, and so talent is a common word used um, for someone who hires at an employer. So if you are the person who makes the hiring decisions or, you know, announces a graduate scheme, chances are you're going to say something like this in your profile. You know, as you can see here, one of them says group talent manager. Another one says global employer branding, recruitment, marketing, graduate recruitment. We want a graduate role. Amazing. That's the person we want. That's that's fantastic. So we found that person we can then have a little look at their profile. So rather than connecting straight away, what we wanna do is click on their profile and then click on their posts, look at their most recent posts, what type of things are they talking about? So in this instance, someone's mentioned the summer skill series is back, amazing. I don't fully know what that is as of yet to be honest, but you could have a quick look at that and then maybe that's something that's relevant to you. If not, maybe you keep scrolling and you see they've just launched um, an amazing diversity initiative or maybe they've done something for the LGBT community or uh, something that really resonates with you. And you can then connect with them. And rather than sending a generic request or sending a connection request without a message, you can send something that's specific and personal to them. So here I've put, you know, thanks for sharing that post about the summer skill session. Would love to just uh, connect and learn more. And you can see I've put look super exciting in brackets. It's just a bit more human. Um, it's just a bit more human. So that's how you connect and, and sort of go from there. And then once you've connected, you're able to DM people directly. So I'll give you a chance when you get the slides afterwards to dive into this a little bit more. But ultimately, the, the DM uh, tips here are to make it personal. So you don't want to seem spammy and generic. Um, and also, you want to reference something that they've done already. So I've been enjoying your recent posts about the developments at HSBC. That's great to hear. Um, I've just shared them with, um, with, with my network. And that then immediately shows that we've done something for them, right? Rather than just asking for something, we've said, oh, look, you're hiring for these HSBC roles or you're showing, you know, this new development opportunity at HSBC. Um, I've actually shared that already with like all my friends, by the way, just, just to, to let you know. Um, so I've given you something before even asking you for anything. And then, then maybe you make a little ask, something like a few tips or something like that. And that just gets the conversation going. And then as things escalate, maybe you can jump on a call. Maybe you can, um, you know, say you're really interested in their role or you're really interested to work at HSBC. Would you be able to spare 15 minutes just to chat a little about it a little bit more? Um, and so I can I can hear more about HSBC. And from there, they might give you some things that you can use in the interview. They might be able to refer you for the role. Who knows? But great things happen in the LinkedIn DM. And then just to wrap up here, so content-wise, um, share content. 
you know, share content on LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, uh, you can reach a lot of people. There's over 800 million people at your fingertips right there. And you'll be blown away with like the benefits of what that can lead to. Um, because unlike some other social media platforms, LinkedIn is amazing for the, the algorithm and, and giving you organic reach. So if you create a post that gets lots of comments and lots of likes, then that can really, really fly. And, you know, it can be quite discouraging initially if no one engages with your content. But one thing I always think is if no one likes it, then pretty much no one's going to see it because that's the way the algorithm works. So don't be discouraged. You can share on LinkedIn. And uh, if it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, keep trying. And on this next slide, I'm going to talk you through some examples of the types of things you can actually share. So I haven't told Lena, but she's, she's on this slide. So she's got... Um, an example here of what you can post on LinkedIn. And so remember guys, this is gonna get seen by employers, by people working at the companies we're interested in, by our fellow um, young professionals who we might wanna network. And so very common one is you know, your bigger achievements. So maybe you've just graduated, maybe you've got a job, um, something to celebrate, and you can use the little app button to include a company or a network or whoever was involved or a person um, to let them know about your your success and you know they might message you and, and find out how that how that went um, one thing I would say is if you're going to celebrate um, you know a job that you've got it's great if you can really be honest about how you got there and you know maybe the trials and tribulations along the way second one here from some maybe is a bit of research that she'd done so if you're desperate to work in the fintech space for example but you've got no experience in fintech then one thing that you can easily do is start researching start um maybe pick a particular niche within fintech and this is exactly what some maybe did by the way and she's an absolute star she got offers from everywhere pretty much uh, google accenture um loads of different organizations were desperate to, to have her because they saw how much she posted on LinkedIn and she really showed them that she's uh, someone who's really passionate about um, about this particular area. So if you wanted to say start a career in, in fintech, why not start uh, writing about the industry trends? Or um, my brother does like a roundup of the five things happening in digital marketing right now that you should know about. That's the type of thing that, you know, it, you know, it's kind of very easy to, to start doing that. And maybe you do just a post or maybe it's um, an image or maybe it's an article. Um, but that's something you can reference in your interview or who knows, maybe an employer sees that and uh, they love it. And don't forget, just like we have in our examples, once someone connects with you, the first thing they're going to do is go into your profile and have a look at what you've been posting. And if you want to tell me in your profile that you're interested in a role in the fintech, well, why don't you back that up and show me that by sharing things related to fintech? That way, unlike lots of people who are just saying it, you're really backing it up. And I can see the evidence in your profile. And then lastly, for, for me, you know, get personal. Like the best posts that I've done so far on LinkedIn have been the, the personal ones because you know, after a while, people want to see more about you. And, you know, I went I went traveling. So I shared pictures about, you know, my, my life traveling and other people are interested in that and that resonates with them. But um, yeah, as I said here, if you've got a Pokemon card collection or you're learning Spanish or whatever, you know, that can that can be shared on LinkedIn. It doesn't have to be too, you know, in a in a little box. So I'm going to shut up for a little bit. Those are the slides. If you need help getting hired while well, you're already part of our career careers network, which is amazing, 
Um, look out for all of our job opportunities. We've got mentorship opportunities as well that you can uh, register your interest for. Um, and yeah, we're going to have a private community hub as well, which Lolo is running, where you can have drop-in sessions to find out more about how to improve your LinkedIn, get some one-on-one feedback and, and things like that in a in a small group session. So I'm going to stop sharing and I'll see if anyone is still here. We'll find out. Um, wow. Lots of people still here, I guess. Uh... Yeah, we've got a lot of questions, <laughs> to be fair. Cool. Let's do it. Hit me with the questions, Lola. Um, so the first one is, will this session be recorded and will we have access to the slides as well? Yes. So soon as the session's over, you're going to immediately receive the recording in the email that you've used to register for the session. The slides are going to come up in our newsletter. So watch out for those because I might I might tweak it after the session. But you're going to receive those in the newsletter. Um, but the recording is going to come to you straight away after this. Perfect. Um, there's another one also. It's like, do you have any mechanism wherein a professional can review and help us improve our profile on LinkedIn through like a one on one meeting? that's difficult because you know it's going to take um a lot of people do that but they tend to charge for that so if you wanted to go on linkedin you can search for um linkedin advice maybe using those those speech bubbles or linkedin coach and things like that and you're going to find people who charge money to um help you upgrade your linkedin um, we don't do that. We would like to keep everything free for, for our network. So that's why we run these sessions. But in our community hub and uh, Lola, do you want to add in the um, maybe just the invite link for that? The um, If okay. I can find it, I'll do it. Um, the bit to apply to the, the community hub, because in the community hub, we're going to have um, drop in sessions where you can ask us and they won't be um, only you in the session. There'll be a few people, but there'll be small sessions where we could um, help review your CV. So uh, Lola, uh, you could put that in there or I'll see if I can find it. Um, oh, I've got it here, yeah, community invite, here we go. So um, yeah, I'll put that in the chat there. What's the next one, Lola? That's in the chat there if anyone wants um, okay. to join. Um, so you have to apply, you have to sort of register interest and then from there we'll have uh, sessions in, in the community hub. Sorry, Lola, go ahead. Um, so th I'm guessing this is to do with like writing that you're looking for a job. So it says, is it advisable to mention more than one role since I don't want to restrict myself to one particular role? Yeah, that's absolutely fine, especially if you're and who's can you can you give me the names of the people who've asked the question as well? Who, who's asked? Um, let me go back and try and find it. Sorry. Just ah, never mind. Never mind. If you're looking for it, that's fine. Um, but yeah, feel free to do that. I mean, if you're looking for a, an entry level or an early career role, they are 100% going to be aware that you're, you might not be certain about what you want to do with your career. And that lack of certainty is absolutely fine. And so if there's a few roles that you're interested in, then, yeah, absolutely be, be honest about that. Because someone might see, oh, you're interested in machine learning specifically. Um, whereas if you just put, I don't know, software developer, they might not, they might not notice that. So if you've got two or three roles that you're interested in, Feel free to, and that's a great question for, from Monica. Thanks, Monica, for that question. Um, yeah, feel free to add those in. And guys, thanks so much for all the questions as well. I love, love that there's so many questions. Lola, what have um, we, we got next? From Abigail, the next question is, I heard somewhere that it's not advisable to have open to work on your profile because it might deter connections. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I think there's one thing to remember is everyone can sound like an expert if they want to that's the first thing so you've got to be careful whenever you hear anything where someone hasn't got the the credentials right I mean 
who who's told you that? Is that someone without a job, someone with a job, someone who's um, works at LinkedIn, doesn't work at LinkedIn? So think about that first. And then secondly, whenever you hear any advice, think about the logic behind it, right? So if I'm open to work, if I'm looking for a job and LinkedIn has given me the ability to add to my profile that I'm open to work, that would suggest that these guys who have all the data in the world think that that's going to help you get hired because that's what LinkedIn's for. So they've overwhelmingly decided, and I think they launched it during the pandemic and they've kept it on. They've overwhelmingly decided that that helps people get hired. And one thing I didn't mention is in the recruitment search, you can also search for people that are open to work because they're more likely to want to get that job. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you could if you're someone who who doesn't have any job opportunities or, you know, you, you didn't think you could help someone get a job or something, you might think about that for a second. But if I'm looking for a role, I would have open to work on my uh, LinkedIn profile because LinkedIn has just said, you know what, we think this is going to help you get hired. So, you know, it'd be strange not to not to utilize that. So this question has also come up a lot in terms of how to reach out to people as in the introduction. And it's also come up again with, could you give a simple step by step as how to connect with people? So things like that. Yeah. So simple step by step, how to connect. So if you see a profile you like, click onto that profile. There's a blue button there that says connect. And once you click connect, it's going to have a, a little box that will open up and you have two choices. You can either just connect with them from there. Um, and it will automatically just come through as a connection. Um, or you can decide to write a little uh, a little introduction. And I would recommend putting in uh, an introduction. So I'm going to share my screen again and just show you my LinkedIn. Um, and I might not include this in the recording. So here we can see um, these three people have just sent me a connection request and there's no message. So I've got to look at their headline and their profile and their picture or have a look and decide whether to uh, accept them or not. Um, I imagine there's a few people there who have uh, who've, um, been in the session. Whereas some people, if they put in a message, it's gonna come up with, um, oh, most of these haven't. But when, when they put in a message, it's gonna come up with um, that message. And so let's just put in a random name here, Neil. Um, and that's going to give me, let's see this guy here, Neil, he looks like he knows what he's doing. So I can click connect here and then I can press send and that disconnects, um, that sends a connection request to Neil that he can accept or decline, or I can put add a note and I would recommend adding a note and that way we can put hi Neil, you know, um, saw your recent post um, about whatever, about, you know, he's a CFO. So about the financial developments in, uh, sport or whatever industry he's in that really resonated with me would love to connect and find out more so I always love putting that would love to connect and find out more so that's kind of not creating too much pressure it's quite casual and it's kind of just open things up it's not like I'm asking him to buy something from me we're just going to connect and then go from there see how it goes basically so that's how I would recommend doing it have a have a little comment in there and keep it short keep it to the point and um yeah don't try and ask people for things in that connection request that would be my advice there if you see so this is about job postings if you see that it's got like 100 applicants plus should you bother 
yes would be my initial uh, reaction to that. I mean, if and I'm always going to be incredibly candid with you guys. Obviously, if you see a job and it has fewer applications, chances are, you know, your chances are obviously going to go up, right? Because there's less of you in that application pool. But there are a lot of people who haven't joined the session who don't know all the things that you know that haven't got their LinkedIn profile in place, which you're definitely going to do after the session, um, who are just going to bang that easy apply button, right? And that's going to show us one person applied. But that doesn't mean that one person, you know, is right for the role or they did their research or they're passionate about it. So that shouldn't put you off applying. Um, and what I would say is whenever you apply for a job, make sure you tailor your applications because if I get a hundred applications for a job and all of them are generic, loads of people hit the easy apply, you know, they're not, they're not super impressive, but then someone has, you know, um, I can't remember who, who asked the, the question, but uh, someone's done a really specific um, application that's really specific to diverse and they show that they're um, really keen for the role. Then I don't care about the, the fact that I've got a hundred applications. I really want to hire you. So don't let that put you off, but, you know, think about think about that. And, and of course, the more applications there are, generally, the more competitive it is. But you counter that by being very specific. And so, for example, if you want to roll up Warner Brothers, they always say, make sure you mention specific movies, TV shows, um, brands underneath the Warner Brothers umbrella that um, you're interested in, that resonate with you, that you've seen, because that shows that you're a bit more passionate than most about Warner Brothers. So those are the kind of things you want to do. Give things that are specific and personal to you. And that's how you stand out from the crowd. Okay, amazing. Um, so Laura, I had previous work experience, but I'm I'm transitioning into HR. What roles do I apply for? Graduate or more experienced roles, considering I do not have core HR experience, but I do have transferable skills. Yeah, so that that depends. And a lot of times, you know, you get a very specific question and it, it, we, we can only share so much at this point because, you know, we've got very limited uh, uh, background on, on what your situation is. The first thing I would mention is graduate schemes often have a bit of a window. So, um, for example, graduate roles going live now start in September 2023. And so sometimes they have uh, restrictions on who can apply based on their graduation year. So they might say, 2023 candidates, great, 2022, 2021, cool, 2020, and then the cut is there. Or, you know, every company can have their own uh, rules about that. So if you're past that point, I would more recommend you go for an entry-level role that they've just sort of advertised. And even if they say we want HR experience, that's more of a request. You know, that's like a wish list, right? If you've got other experience that's... Um, you know, it's given you a load of skills, but you've not done HR, then you should still apply and go for that role. And then you can explain in your application, you know, why you're trans transitioning into your HR. And I would highly recommend um, including in your, in your about section why you're transitioning into HR as well. And then with your CV, have a profile, a professional profile, where you explain again why you're transitioning into HR so that the person can see on the other side all right, they've got, not got any HR experience, but they're really interested in, in HR for these reasons. And um, these are their transferable skills. So if I was you, depending on when you graduate, I would either go for a graduate role or more of those sort of entry level positions. And it's also a decision that you have to make on, you know, as you get more experience with the roles, the pay goes up. 
and the bar for getting those roles goes up right so if you're really humble you want you're happy to start you know at the lower end of the scale then go for those um, more junior roles if if not if the the money's a big factor and you know you've got a lot of experience already then go more senior but um uh yeah that would be that'd be my advice and and generally just to make it relevant for everyone graduate roles tend to be more competitive than entry level roles and there's a bit of a funny thing here where just because it is a graduate role lots of graduate go go for it where sometimes you get entry level roles which are not technically graduate roles but you get tons of great experience like Lola's getting the best possible experience here this isn't a formal graduate scheme but she's getting to do loads of incredible things so but the funny thing is those roles are less competitive um because of the things that I've shown you with the searches and all that and because there's this sort of um idea about getting a graduate role once you once you graduate but um definitely bear that in mind as well a great question um I got also another question from Tanby this has come up a lot about connections how do we maintain our connections without bothering or seeming too desperate to the other person great question Tanby so first of all LinkedIn has limitations on the number of connections you can even send so they do a little bit of that decision making for you so you can't send more than 20 per day and there's also a limit on the total number of connections that you can have which I'm pretty sure is 30,000 um and so general rule of thumb, you know, I would be connecting with a couple of or sending connection requests um, to a couple of people um, uh, every few days. So, you know, maybe I'm spending a, a couple a, a day maximum. Right. Like I, I don't want to get anywhere near the, the 20 mark because um, there's no need to be doing that. There's no need to like overload your, your network. But I would and also you want to do it where relevant. So if I'm looking for a job. What I'm going to do first is decide where I want to work. So I'm going to write down the five, 10 employers that I want to work at. Then from there, I'm going to try and connect with people. Let's say I want to work as a product manager across these five companies. I'm going to try and connect with a few people in their product team over the course of uh, a few weeks or whatever. So I might try connecting with one person. Maybe they don't accept. Maybe I'll try connecting with another person. They don't accept. And then maybe I go for, for a third and I spread myself over a couple of uh, companies. That's the way to, to think about it. And uh, so just think about that from a scale of one connection, you know, being the lowest a day, let's say, up to 20. You know, you can kind of think what's sensible. You know, you don't want to get too, too maxed out there. Um, and then the other thing to remember is you want to have relevant connections because everything that you post on LinkedIn first is going to go to your first degree connections so if you're for example the type of person that wants to be sharing research or that fintech example that i, sh I shared there if you want to be you know making content on social media on, on linkedin then you want to have a really relevant audience because once that aud that audience will see it first so whoever you want to see it should be your connections and if they don't engage with it it's not going to go further to people that you're not connected with so that's something to bear in mind as well you don't want to have loads of connections who aren't inactive so before i connect with someone what one thing i do is i click on their profile and then i look at i'm going to show you this real quick um i'll show you with neil here i will look on neil's profile and then i will have a look and see show all activity um and this will show neil was active four hours ago great that means he's active on linkedin and i can go ahead and send him that connection if they've not done anything in a month or you know 
three months or nine months, then do not send them a connection request because it won't get accepted, chances are. Okay. Um, Leonardo asked, uh, could posting research articles in academic publication on the field that we study boost our employability? Great question. And Leonardo, I love your name as well. Great name. Leo as well. Great nickname. Um, so will it boost your employability? So I, I would more so think about it this way. If, um, if I'm, let's make it real. So let's say I'm a life sciences graduate and I want to work in medical communications and I'm sharing re relevant articles about like pharmaceutical research and, and stuff like that, then anyone in that space who is going to look on at my profile, they're going to see I've been posting and sharing um, articles, professional uh, um, academic research, and just being helpful on LinkedIn, that's going to look great, right? Because they're going to think, oh, wow, this person is so interested that they're sharing, you know, relevant articles on, on, uh, on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Like when you say in your application, I'm passionate about the pharmaceutical industry, who do you think is going to reflect that more? The person who has no nothing on their profile about that or nothing on their feed about that versus the person that's been sending, sharing academic articles once a month for six months. You know, you can you can really just figure see that for, for yourself, right? The one thing I, I would say there, Leo, is that, um, you know, if you don't be surprised, if you don't get a ton of engagement, don't be surprised because LinkedIn prefers things that is native to the platform. So, there are two options. When you post on LinkedIn, you can just get a link from any website and put that on LinkedIn, or you can do a post, or you can do a video, or you can do a picture, or you can write an article on LinkedIn. And those things that are on LinkedIn, LinkedIn gives a higher weight to it because it's like, yes, you're creating on LinkedIn. I'm gonna show you your content to uh, more people. Whereas if you have external links, sometimes it's like, eh, I'm not sure about this. So Bear that in mind if you're just literally copying a link and sending it. What I would rather do if I was you personally is read the article and then do five takeaways. It, five, I'm over here. I've here are the five things that I learned from this article. And I'll put little emojis maybe or a little one to five, make it look nice, make it look easy to follow. And um, that is likely to get much better engagement than the article. Um, but to be honest, even if you doesn't get any engagement, if no one likes it, at least me as the employer, the recruiter can see that you're interested in that that topic. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely have a think about that, Leo. I don't know if it's Leo or, Le or uh, Leonardo, but I've given you a nickname already. Um, what's the next question? Um, so this is from Maura Deke. What would be the best or top things to do so recruiters and employers can contact someone often? Like what would be your top tips? What would be the best? One more time. What would be the best? Or what would be the best or top things to do so recruiters and employers can contact someone often? Do, do you mean what, to make it? Yeah, go ahead, Laura. Yeah, I thought. I ahead. think from what I'm guessing, it's to do with like either it's how, reaching out to someone or what you can put in your profile, like what you think are on. If you're a recruiter, what would you want to see, and that would make you approach someone? Oh, I, I see. Perfect. Yeah. Question. Great question. Yeah, thanks so much for that, Maradike. Okay, so a uh, very common thing you'll see in the uh, LinkedIn profile at the bottom is um, something like, feel free to reach out about any opportunities or open to hearing about any opportunities. That just makes you sound super accessible. And 
Um, if you're someone who's not um, too bothered about getting lots of emails, then you can always just put something like, feel free to reach out about any opportunities. Here's my email address if you, you want to do that. That way, and that's a good, really good question because it's, it's, it's sort of um, making me think of something that I didn't mention earlier. That would mean you could get an email from an employer just off the back, just just right there, right right then and there, without them having to connect with you or you need to connect with them. So adding your email address in there and saying you're open to be reached out to would be a good way to, to do that. And that also just shows that you're accessible and you know friendly and open. And, and so that would be... Um, That'd be a good move to just say you're open or keen or, or whatever for people to to reach out to make you you look really um, accessible. Because you know I will myself, Lola, Aaron, we we reach out to people on LinkedIn who ha when we see that in the profile, we're like, oh cool, they're more likely to you know accept our connection request or our email or whatever. And so we're probably a bit more likely to to message you just uh, subconsciously because of that. So um, yeah, thanks for that, Maradika. Really really appreciate that one um yeah um there was another one from monica i think that kind of also aligns with what you just answered it was why do you think that although i get lots of notifications about people viewing my profile many times repeatedly but no one contacts me question mark interesting interesting so yeah i mean i'd have to look at your your profile i think but what i would say is think about and when the slides come out look, look through the slides think about your profile and how you've put it together and whether it reflects, um, you know, what you're looking for. So if you're looking for a role and maybe just have some chat and write it in the comments. So is it a role that you're looking for or what is it that you're, um, yeah, maybe look in the chat in the comments, you know, what are you looking for and, and who are the type of people that are viewing the profile, that kind of thing. Because what I would say is maybe you're coming up in keyword searches because you've got the right keywords in your about or in your headline or whatever but maybe there's something um, that you're not adding in or you need a bit more information or, or something like that. Um, and maybe do what Maradika just sort of alluded to, which is add in your email to say, reach out and uh, let people know you're, you're keen for them to reach out because they're always going to be, you know, using up a, um, a connection by connecting with you. So maybe it's a recruiter who's done loads of connection requests and, they're, they're kind of, they're looking at your profile and they're wondering whether they should connect with you. Maybe it's your activity, you know, maybe they've looked at your activity and thought maybe you're not that active on LinkedIn, so they don't know if you reply. So you might want to, you know, like a few more things. You might want to, um, you know, share posts or ha add your posts. That could be a reason. Uh, those are a few, few suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got another really good question from Amma. What do you do when a recruiter who contacted you about an opportunity goes to you after contact? after you contact them via email as when they instructed you to do so in the LinkedIn message. Sorry, that broke up a bit. No, 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 that's all good. And, and that was from who, sorry? Amma. Amma, thanks so much for that question, Amma. Um, that happens to me as well. So I'll reach out to an employer on LinkedIn to say, oh, we should we should work together. We should help you, you know, hire more, more amazing Gen Z talent. And they'll say, wow, can't wait, Toby. Send me an email right now and uh, let's do it. And I email them, I don't even hear from them. Or, you know what happened to me the other day? Someone said that, email me, let's even have a call. Let's have a call, Toby. Let's have a call at 4 p.m. on Thursday and let's do it. Let's have a call. Would have been right after this. And uh, and, and guess what? You, sh you, you send them an email right before. Are we still on for doing the call? No reply. And then they just de decline the calendar invite with no explanation. 
So it happens. It happens. It happens to to everyone. Um, there's a couple of things to remember. I think the one one most important thing is is probably this. If you're reaching out to someone who, let's put it this way, is likely to be quite busy. So you know, an employer or a recruiter, or whatever. They've got a full time job. They're working nine to five. Let's say. And they got their family that they're going to go see afterwards, and you know the kids thrown up. They got to clean that up, and you know, then they want to watch the football afterwards. By the way, we we should have mentioned England beat Spain last night, and uh, incredible goal at the end there. So, um, but anyway, my point is they're busy, and so they will see your first message, and if they reply, amazing. But sometimes they won't reply to that message. Um, but don't be discouraged. They might not reply to your first email. And this is something that I'm personally quite bad at, but it is absolutely okay to keep emailing. And this is something I've learned just working with employers. You have to be a tiny bit annoying if you want something, because I, I sometimes get loads of emails, loads of LinkedIn requests. And I think, oh, amazing. I'm going to get back to that. Or yes, definitely want to connect on that. But then my day runs away from me and I'm, I'm on this LinkedIn session and we've gone over half an hour and, I don't even remember what day it is. You know what I mean? The, the things just sort of escalate. And so my point there is continue to follow up. So I would suggest, you know, you can message someone once, twice, three times. Like, honestly, I think this is a big misconception. If someone's not replying, do continue to follow up. And uh, if there's something they can get out of it as well, and I imagine there is just from your question, like if it's a recruiter, they, they get paid when they get you jobs. So they've got an incentive to reply to you. So continue to follow up, but just be really, really nice about it. And um, a phrase I use is, um, oh, hey, uh, hey, Sarah, just following up on my previous email. Let me know if you've got any questions at all. Um, no pressure to reply back quick, but it'd be great to hear from you. Something like that um, as a cheeky little uh, follow up. 